Attention, idiots! You are about to listen to the new series of Richard Herring's Leicester Square Theatre podcast with me, Richard Herring. But you don't have to listen to it. This series, you can also watch the video for free. Uh, you can watch it on iTunes, search for Richard Herring Video Leicester Square Theatre podcast. They had to put the video there to differentiate it from this one. Rehava Lesterpa, if you want to be uh, pedantic about it. Or it's going to be on YouTube and Vimeo for free. Uh, or you can just listen to it uh, in the unusual fashion through your ears for no money as well. Uh, this will be the last time we could do this. It's costing us a lot of money. So if you want to help us out, head to gofasterstripe.com slash badges and make a one-off or monthly donation. That would really help us. Or just buy one of my DVDs from Go Faster Stripe. Or come and see me on tour. Go to richardherring.com slash gigs for the details of where I'm coming on tour. But that's all by the by. You're not going to give any money, are you? Because you're an idiot. So... Here is this this week's Rich Tang's Lesser Square Theatre Podcast. I'm very excited. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Leicester Square Theatre. This is Robot Voice. Please welcome Richard Haynes. Thank you very much. Lovely to be here. Welcome. Welcome to uh, the new, I don't even know what series this is, I should have looked it up. Five, I don't know, six, it's, we've done loads of them, of Richard Herring's Leicester Square Theatre Podcast, or as all the cool kids are calling it, Rahel Although if you're watching the video version on iTunes, it's called, just to differentiate it, it's called Richard Herring's Video Leicester Square Theatre Podcast, so that is Rahel Yeah, not as not sure about that as an idea here. They don't like change here in the the Leicester Square Theatre. Uh, I am uh, not very well. I've got, uh, I managed to work very hard all year and not get ill. I didn't get ill in Edinburgh uh, and uh, I didn't get ill on holiday, which usually happens, but I've just got a little bit of a cold or something just uh, as we come, start doing this. Uh, so if I fall asleep or collapse, I didn't really sleep last night. Uh, I, uh, so everything, it's already feeling a bit trippy to me. I've had quite a few lem sips. That's... <laughs> Sometimes I do that when I don't even need to have the lemsips, but uh, just for the kick, you know, I'm this, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, so uh, it, might, uh, it might get a bit surreal, I might fall asleep. Uh, I was up uh, very early in the morning uh, watching a video, video on the internet about a conspiracy theory that someone still believes that Paul McCartney is not the real Paul McCartney. The Paul Ma- <laughs> People still believe that Paul McCartney died in 1966 and that it was replaced by a false Paul McCartney, which... I mean, out of all the conspiracy theories, that would be so difficult to have arranged. In the t- I mean, that, it'd be so impressive if they'd done that, that, oh no, Paul McCartney's died in a car accident. Well, quickly, let's hush this up, make sure no one knows about it. Hide the body, just throw Paul McCartney's body in a well or something. We'll get a bloke who looks a bit like Paul McCartney to come in, just hope he can write his songs and sing. We'll do a bit of plastic surgery on him, it'll be fine. It's something genuinely, it's quite... Uh, I think it probably is a, a different bloke. Uh, so, <laughs> how did the bloke, the bloke who replaced Paul McCartney, who was his look, it's meant to be like a lookalike, who'd won a lookalike competition. <laughs> did no one go, what happened to that bloke who, who what happened to him? He just, dis- he just disappeared, our, our friend. <laughs> he looks a bit like Paul McCartney, didn't he? Yeah. Paul McCartney. Uh, so uh, anyway, look, I, um, I've just been away uh, in, in Wales at the Larn Festival in Wales over the weekend, which was fun. But uh, weirdly for me, uh, one of the other acts on at the festival, it was a very small town and hardly any uh, other acts. One of the acts was Keith Allen, my actual, <laughs> my nemesis. I was kind of terrified. Everyone was staying in the same tiny little hotel, so I kind of thought I'm bound to run into him. And he probably won't know who I am. He won't remember me. He kind of sabotaged my show when I was a student and uh, wrecked my life. Uh, and... Uh, <laughs> 
but uh, but I kind of thought maybe well maybe I should, if I see him I'll but I'll ask him to be a guest on this. But I didn't see him. But it would be worth it uh, just to ask him what would it take for you to suck your own cock. Uh, which I. <laughs> But that would be the only thing that made it worthwhile, which would be a great crossover uh, for you all. But uh, stay, someone who was at the hotel was um, Kevin Rowland. That's what you have to call him, Kevin Rowland. <laughs> like, right, say so that's a joke that only, that I'm looking at some young faces. Hey, most like, there's some young people here. And uh, they're, hey, they're going, who's Kevin Rowland? Like that, that kid there, look at him. And why are you saying Rowland in that stupid way? It's too much to explain to you. I have to start, for you, I have to start right from the beginning and explain who Kevin Rowland is and then why I'm saying Kevin Rowland. <laughs> uh, but uh, it was very interesting. Uh, to, I shared a cab with him and um, he, he, he was in a band called Dex's Midnight Runners. He's now in a, a band called Dex's. Uh, it's very different stuff. It is actually very different. Uh, but uh, I, was, I was shared a car with him from the station uh, to, uh, to the hotel and I was just kind of terrified that I would just start singing a bit of Come On Eileen, just uh, absentmindedly, or Gino, or J Jockey Wilson says, as I call it. Uh, and uh, <laughs> I just thought, and then I thought, have I done it? Did I just sing it? And I used to, when I was a kid, I used to be able to play the bit from Gino on the trumpet. I should have thanked him, but I was too scared to talk to him. And I, I, was, I sat near him at breakfast as well. I, was too, I should have asked him on this, shouldn't I? No, because you wouldn't have come, because who's Kevin Rowland? But I, when, we, when we checked in, the woman, the, I went and said, I'm Richard Chains, and I got in the game. And then she said, and what's your name to Kevin Rowland? He said, it's Kevin Rowland. I thought, that's show business, isn't it? Uh, so, this was 30 years ago. Everyone would know. Uh, and, um, oh, and the big news uh, story uh, as we uh, record this, maybe not as you're listening to it or watching it, uh, is uh, Conservatives uh, in Crisis. Uh, but, but the Mark Reckless uh, uh, and uh, Brooke Newmark, are there, who both sound like they've been named by William Thackeray as kind of <laughs> pathetic names, satirical names you would give her. Mark Reckless has gone uh, to UKIP from the Conservatives. Same thing, innit? Don't make any difference. Uh, and... Uh, <laughs> Brooke Newmark has uh, sent a picture of his uh, penis, his erect penis, and he's quite an old man. I'm quite impressed that he could even do that, uh, get an erection enough, uh, long enough to take a photo of it. Uh, and, uh, he sent that to a person he thought was an attractive woman, but it turned out it wasn't an attractive woman. It was a horrible journalist man. Uh, but, uh, and I bet that journalist man was punching the air, wasn't he, when he got the, the front page of the Sunday Mirror for that, but... The downside of that, to get that front page, he did have to look at a picture of Brooke Newmark's erect penis, which I would, every time he blinked, that's on his retinas now, that every time he closes his eyes for the rest of his, ah. But I think Brooke Newmark actually, just his, if you don't need a photo of him, he just his face and head just looks quite like a penis anyway. And I, I wondered if maybe it was just a picture of his actual face that had been sent through. He looks... I said on Twitter that he could play, again, you won't get understand, you're going to be lost today. Uh, he, he's going to play the lead in the live-action version of the Wicked Willy uh, film. But then, but then I looked at a picture of Mark Reckless, who looks more like a penis. Seriously, he looks a lot more like a penis than, uh, than Brooke Newmark. He's kind of, if he, he looks like he could be a six-foot high, but he's got no neck, it's just like a bald head. I think he could be uh, just a six-foot-tall penis wearing kind of false shoulders on a suit. I think David Icke was right about nearly everything. It's not lizards, though. It's just giant penises. It's, it's, again, it's like something written by the unimaginative mind of William Makepeace Thackeray. That's before your time, right? That's before everyone's time. Don't worry, no one who knows who William Thackeray is. Um, 
He's Al Murray's great, 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 great granddad. Uh, as it happens. Uh, so look, we're going to crack straight on. That was my, uh, that was my topical eye there, looking at... <laughs> Very enjoyable. We'll uh, maybe come to the audience uh, for next week's show. Uh, so you're not as good as next week's audience. Just yeah, to tell you that right now. So look, uh, we're going to welcome our very first guest uh, to the show. I've been trying to get her on for a long time. Finally, she's available. Very, very busy uh, woman. You will. She's best known, I suppose, uh, as uh, the saleswoman in Don't Buy It. Doesn't sound like a great uh, advert to me. That that's. Uh, she was also the tourist woman in Count Arthur Strong's TV series. She's very good at playing anything with a woman, and if it's a woman, she can be very versatile. She could do saleswoman or a tourist woman. I don't know if she could do a, a, a tourist saleswoman, like a saleswoman who's on holiday. We'll find out. Will you please welcome my first guest, Catherine Ryan, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you. Lovely. Thank you. Come in. Sit down. Lovely. We're both drinking... Uh, we both drink Barocca. That's what we do. Oh, That's no. Weird. No, mine's piss. I just... <laughs> is that a good colour? I don't know. If that is piss, then that is only piss after you've drunk some Barocca, though. Ah. So, there, so, therefore, you do still drink Barocca. I am like Columbo. Uh, so, well, before we start, let's get this out of the way, because everyone probably talks about this too. What was it like being the saleswoman in Don't Buy It? It was important. Okay. Um, because that was actually... Um, a viral charity thing that they played on the big screens at Glastonbury, oh. and it was a pastiche of a shopping channel show buying nuclear weapons. Wow. So it was saying, oh, it, it could wipe out the whole of Bedfordshire, and it could do this, and it could do that, and it'll only cost your government a billion dollars. And it was uh, kind of a tongue-in-cheek thing about war, so yeah. you're kind of an asshole now. Yeah, I, I do feel stupid. <laughs> nuclear bombs could do a lot more than just war, wipe out Bedfordshire, though. That is not there. Oh, fuck, it could wipe out Bedfordshire. <sighs> and everywhere else. It's not just... Oh, so I don't live in Bedfordshire, it's fine. That's what I'd have said if I'd been at Glastonbury. Well, so yeah. it wouldn't have worked. Yeah. <laughs> It was, it was interesting. I mean, uh, James Redmond. Do you know James Redmond? I do, yeah, from, he, uh, from off of Hollyoaks. Uh, yes, a casualty and much more. No, Hollyoaks. <laughs> just, just Hollyoaks. He asked me from to do that. From proper good old Hollyoaks when it was good. Remember, you remember, Dave, right? Do you know, I don't move quickly very often, yeah. but what's the one where it goes, do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do, I leap for the remote and change the channel. That's EastEnders. Ah! I can't. I don't know what you guys are doing with the soaps and why they're still on. <laughs> I, it's nostalgia, I guess, and you remember liking shit, and so you keep... I don't know. I can't. I can't even allow it to be on in the house in case I'm part of some rating system. <laughs> and I'm giving it a point. What happened with James Redmond, though? I interrupted you rudely, as I always Oh, he do. was involved with this anti-nuclear oh, okay. war charity and oh, asked he? me to do it. And he's a proper actor. I am a terrible actress. Yeah. People keep putting me in things um, like Count Arthur Strong, yeah. which is lovely, being the tourist woman. I got to see some of London. You had an advantage, though, in that you talk I... like a tourist woman already <laughs> in your natural life. Yes. Even though you live here, you sound like you could have come from somewhere else. I know. If I was being, a, if I was a tourist woman, a, I'd have to go. Mm, hello, I'm a woman. Yeah. Like that, so that would make it harder for me. Yeah. I'd do that, and then I'd have That's to go. What we do. Then I have to go. I'm from abroad. Yes. So, <laughs> so you know, I did it, but I did it really well. And probably if the people had seen me do that, you wouldn't have got that part. I but, thought it was um, good. I thought it was great. I mean, I, I've realized that what a lot of actors do is they just play themselves anyway. Yeah. 
They really do. That's cheating. <laughs> and so it's been, I always play myself when I do things. Yeah. And it's been working out okay. But I can't in my real life, now that I do a little bit of telly and I do more stand-up comedy, I used to play the tourist thing all the time mm. when I didn't, but, you know, beep in for a journey with my Oyster card. Or I, I would always be like, I'm not from around here. I don't know what's going on. I don't know. And now sometimes people are like, yes, you are. You've lived here for eight years. Like, they know sometimes. Yeah, I saw you on Mock the Week. That's what they say. Yeah. So. But I just flew in to do that. Because y'all didn't have enough women. I don't know. Yeah. It's mainly because it's just you're the only one they have on. If they, you're on it all the time. If they had other women... It wouldn't be as bad. Well, this year, they absolutely have other oh, women. Good, that's all right. I don't watch it. <laughs> <laughs> they, uh, if you work on your woman act... Yeah, well, I could do, that's what I thought. You know, but the thing is, the most successful woman uh, in TV comedy is already a man, isn't it? It's Mrs. Brown. Oh, yeah. So it's pretty bad when it's so bad for women that the most famous woman on TV isn't even a woman. That they get a man to dress up. I could do that. I danced uh, uh, for Comic Relief on yes. a show that I've always loved, Let's Dance for Comic Relief. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and the winners of that were always men dressed as women. Robert <laughs> Webb did Flashdance as a woman. Sorry. Rufus Hound did Five for This Love as a woman. Yeah. Man, women are cool. <laughs> it's just easy being a man comedian because all you have to do is dress up yeah, as a woman. Yeah. But if a woman dresses up as a woman, people don't like that. As they go, well, that's where's the skill in that? They're just dress, <laughs> they're just dressing up in their regular clothes. Yeah. Whereas Robert Webb, I probably, he probably does wear that stuff. Definitely, <laughs> Rufus Hound definitely wears that stuff looks all good. the time. Mm. So you come from a place called Canada. You know it. Yeah. Have you ever seen a Bigfoot while you've been in, uh, uh, while you've been in Canada? No, no, I have seen bears. It's not as good. I mean, it's, it's quite good. Yeah, I mean... They're quite dangerous, but the bears and stuff, aren't they? Absolutely not cuddly no. creatures. No. People don't know. Do you know, bears aren't all around Canada. Um, it's amazing, because England is far enough from Canada, but it's our neighbours, the Americans, who know so little about us. And the misconceptions that come from that way are crazy. I live on a border town. I live very, very near to Detroit. Mm -hmm. So the part of Canada that I'm from is like eight mile. It's not nice. But uh, because I'm so, so, so near, a lot of people in high school worked at the border, and people would come across from Michigan to holiday in Canada. It would be the middle of the summer, and they'd come with skis and, and snow. <laughs> Genuinely. And the border kids would be like, where are you going? Just, just over there. Just <laughs> like, I'm gonna go around there and have a glass of water. And then what we're gonna do is we're gonna go skiing and play in the snow with the kids. And they'd be like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, it's three minutes away, three minutes away. So we don't have bears, we're a regular it's oh. quite cool they were going on holiday to Canada and just going to the bit that was just over the border as well. It's going, we're going to Canada. Not too far, though. It's insane. You wouldn't yeah. believe how... I mean, you might believe how stupid people are. Yeah, I do. <laughs> I do. I believe how stupid American people are. I can believe that. Because we then, see them on TV a lot, right? So we know. They'd want to see the bears yeah. and the uh, Mounties and the Rangers would have to warn them not to do what they kept doing, separate families. People, they would send their children out of the car yeah. where the bears were, paint their hands in honey, <laughs> and try to have baby bears lick it off for a photo. 
They'd be like, that'll be adorable. That'll be gorgeous. And then that's fine. Like the baby bears indeed would lick it off. Then the mother bear would arrive on the scene and eat their children. That could be the way that Canada conquers America, though. It's just let them come over free, give them a pot of honey. Yeah. I mean, then just waltz in. That's natural selection. I don't it, even mind when that happens. <laughs> so you're from Sarnia. Sarnia. Yeah. Yeah, like Narnia. It is like Narnia, a little bit, but it begins with an S. But few alliance, more rednecks. Yeah. So, because I, I saw one of your shows a few years ago, the first time I saw you, and you were talking about you'd, your your mum had uh, mm. your mum be featured in the in the show. In fact, you liked that show. I loved that show. That was so kind. People didn't just dislike that show. People were aggressively angry uh, people were horrified with that show they were furious about how much they hated it <laughs> <laughs> was that the little misconception yeah little misconception people hated that show i've never seen people more cross than coming out of that show <laughs> it wasn't controversial they just what i did was for my first Edinburgh show my thought process was why would anyone want to watch anything for an hour <laughs> Especially me. Why would they want to watch me? I didn't get it. And uh, people do their Edinburgh hour, I think, maybe too soon. Yeah. And uh, perhaps I was doing mine too soon, but I thought, well, I'll do is I'll make it a musical, <laughs> and there'll be all these songs that I'll write, and I'll do some stand-up, and I'll talk about my childhood, and then my, I'll put my mom in the show, of course, and she'll fly down. She'll help me look after the baby, and she'll be in the show. And you liked that show. For what reason? Was it just me that liked it? So oh, yeah, it was just I just I thought it was very enjoyable. It had a massive payoff of your mum coming. Actually, it was all about um, being brought up as a, in beauty pageants and stuff. Yeah. Which is very interesting, I thought, as no a subject. And then at the end, the surprise was your... Spoiler alert. She's probably not going to do it again. No. Was your mum actually came on and you did a dance and stuff. At yeah, the end. we did brilliant. a dance. It was good. <laughs> I really enjoyed it. It was fantastic. Uh, the po- I mean, you'd think we would. The poster for that one was kind of quite extreme because that was you, the poster was you dressed up as if you were in a beauty pageant, but you were about six months pregnant. Yeah. It? Yeah. Well, so wearing a bit, so that was and crying with all mascara down your face. Yes. So you'd think anyone thought I'll go and see that would be ready for pretty much anything. <laughs> <laughs> Perhaps they were just disappointed that there was no sort of crying semi-naked pregnant woman. Maybe you're getting a very special, specialist kind of audience. Maybe that was it. <laughs> it might be. Well, I um, was pregnant and I didn't want to do those pre- maternity photo shoots. Do you see these on Facebook and everything else where women have inexplicably just an oriental fan or just fabric <laughs> draped over them or the worst one, their, their partner's hands in the shape of a heart over their belly button. You've done these, haven't you? Uh, they're so awful, and I went home. That was my first mistake. And everyone, my mother and everyone else, said, oh, you've got to do one of these beautiful pregnant photo shoots. I was like, I absolutely will not do it. And then I was with my, my gays, uh, some of the people that I first started out with in comedy, one of whom, Andrew Johnston, not the young boy who once won X Factor or Britain's Got Talent, um, but another, I know he's not famous here. Andrew's really worried. <laughs> he's coming to support me on my autumn tour and he's like, are they gonna think I'm the boy from Britain's Got Talent? What happened to that kid? Yeah, he I won before know. Susan Boyle, he was adorable. Right. Andrew Johnston was his name. Anyway, my Andrew Johnston. That show business, if people don't remember Kevin Rowland, then you're fucked seriously, have it? <laughs> He even dresses up like a sort of dandy all the time yeah. to make, make people remember. No one's going to remember Andrew Johnston, are they? Sounds like a politician, isn't there, an Andrew Johnston? He's saying like P.A.A. Zoo or something. Right. But my 
gay community said, yeah. let's do, and they are horrified with pregnant women. I mean, that's not a, yeah. a look. They don't like it. It confuses um, them. Yeah, they hate it. That's one of the advantages of, uh, of gayness is that can't happen. Yeah. <laughs> However yeah. hard you try. <laughs> well, your mouth can't get pregnant, no. I always say. Um, <laughs> that was birth control lessons growing up. All the moms would say that to us in Sarnia. <laughs> Um, they said, kitten, they call me kitten, yeah. kitten, let's do a photo shoot, but we'll do a cool one, and then you, your mom will be happy, and your family, and you'll be happy too. So I put on a bikini, and I did it like a pageant with flowers and a sash, and I was crying like mascara all down my face, just really gruesome, crying tears of joy, and on the sash it said, Miss Teen Pregnancy 2000. <laughs> thought it was cool and then I thought it was so cool I used it for the poster but I don't know I was a bit mental then <laughs> and have you has the mentalness uh, subsided no no well you, you would if you seemed if you said yes you wouldn't be because you'd be mental so it wouldn't be you wouldn't be able to take your answer <gasps> Do you know what happened that was horrible I was doing a run-through for a comedy show there are these new formats all the time for comedy shows and they'll do a run through in the office before they do the pilot just for commissioners and whomever for the people who don't know I know that you know I do know and yeah and they had I've a woman I've heard about them <laughs> 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 people come back and say I did one of these sounds good now no <laughs> they had a woman coming in who was going to analyze pictures and I sat backstage with some other comedians and we got to draw and I was really excited and she was going to analyze who was most likely to be a psychopath. <laughs> and I thought, oh, these guys, I can't wait to see. And I was really excited, really, really looking forward to this cool analysis. I'm really into that stuff. And we went and we did all these jokes and all these different items and then we got to the psychopath test and she went from least psycho to most and as she went down the line I realized it was just myself <laughs> and someone else left and then it was me and I was so unprepared for it to be me uh, that I started to cry. Yeah, <laughs> which you'd, you'd learned to do by observing other people crying. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and I ruined the whole thing. Oh, it wasn't no. funny anymore. I was really upset. I couldn't believe it because I'd been wondering whether I was a psycho. Yeah. Well, that seems to... If a woman says, your photo looks like you are, then, you know, what more evidence could there be? It was that? so creepy. I'd done... I drew a girl in a forest with some baby rabbits and things, right. and she said that I'd done it really even numbers of roses and hearts and the clouds are really even and there were even numbers of everything she pointed out I mean the evidence was irrefutable <laughs> <laughs> I was so hurt I was so hurt um, but no the show that show was about so you as a child you were put in beauty pageants by your mum yes and it was sort of about cope how coping with that and how that, see, that's what I liked about it because I like to go and see shows that are about a life that I I was never put in beauty pageants no. by my parents <laughs> for some reason. Uh, and, you know, compared to the other children in Somerset, I was very, very attractive. Yeah. And, uh, you would have won. Yeah. I mean, there are no boys. It's like the opposite of comedy. You would have cleaned up. <laughs> yeah. So mm -hmm. it, could, it could double up. I could have used the costume for my comedy uh, and been dressed as a woman. So, uh, but see, so, I mean, that's quite an unusual uh, childhood. And then also you, would, you were worked at... Uh, 
Hooters. Yeah. Which uh, we won't talk about too much because everyone talks about. But you kind of had, that's what I think I liked about it. It was just this kind of interesting life of, of coming through. And Hooters, is, I think, is ruder sounding. Uh, is less as isn't as rude sounding as it sounds, right? It's not. It's not at all. Not. They've done this wonderful job of gaining a reputation all over the world. That some people think it's a strip club. Um, it's absolutely not. I was a corporate trainer for Hooters. Right. I was a waitress for a little while, and then I trained the girls because I had a really good rapport with the other staff, um, and they listened to me. And I really cared. I believe so much in doing your job well. Whatever that job is, it is not beneath you. Louis C.K., a fantastic community, has great material on this about a barista. But I really, I was a great waitress. I cared a lot, and I made a lot of money there for the restaurant and for myself, most importantly. Um, <laughs> and Hooters is just chicken and beer and sports on TV. Now, what they do, they do absolutely objectify women. Uh, I didn't know that then. I They do it in this innocent kind of Britney Spears circa 2001 type of way. Like, I'm sexy, what? Like, you're meant to act and look like a really clean cheerleader. Mm -hmm. And that is the archetype of... And, and I really grew up thinking that my mission in life, I was put on this earth to be a decoration. I didn't know. I really didn't. I thought the best thing you could be is pretty and sweet. And, and I never was... I absolutely never was. I was alarmingly ginger for a while. <laughs> and then I would always say things that either offended people or upset them or just made them think I was weird. Then my teeth, uh, my jaw needed to be widened before I could have braces. So for my first day of high school, I uh, had a retainer put in that created a gap between my two front teeth that you could fit your finger through. That's a tiny, but put it up to your face and it's large, and my fall jacket, my autumn coat, was from The Gap, and it's a gap across the back. <laughs> <laughs> and it was just like, my mom wouldn't buy me a new one. I was never cool. I, I was always weird, and that's why comedy has been such a, uh, what's the word? Um, see, sanctuary. I, a sanctuary. I'm in Hooters mode again. And what's the word? I don't know. I was just trying to hit on you then. Uh, yeah, such a sanctuary because that I don't have to be a cheerleader. I never yeah. was. I just thought. And so, what was it that made you decide to? I mean, was it just that? Was this? Was there some epiphany where you went, "I'm going to go"? Because you did comedy in Canada first. I did. Yeah. Not a lot. I was presenting a little bit. I was dancing on this MTV. Well, it's not MTV. It's Much Music, which is a Canadian equivalent to MTV before we got MTV. Uh, just a show, Friday night, where you'd stand on a box like this and dance. And do you know who else danced on that show? Marcus Brigstock. <laughs> <laughs> he used to be a podium dancer. Right, he did. I just found that out. And he danced on the, Cana yeah. he danced on the Canadian... Yes, Electric Circus, <laughs> it was called. He revealed this on Alan Davis Untitled, oh, yeah. as yet Untitled, and I couldn't believe it. Like, what a weird... Now, he did it like 30 or 40 years later than I did. I mean, earlier. Um, no, no. no, he did it maybe, I don't know, 10 years before I did. But, so what a weird thing. And um, then presenting, you couldn't say anything uh, original ever. As a presenter, you're, yeah. you're a vessel. You can't have any original thought. Or, and I would say things that I thought were funny. I always valued comedy, and I wanted to say funny things, but I got in trouble all the time. I presented a show on Saturday mornings called Teens Dating. Right. And it was teens dating. <laughs> and we'd pick them up in a minivan. With their permission. 
<laughs> they were not of age to give any consent. Okay. <laughs> we just got like genuinely in a van and we just filmed them during a very awkward moment in a teenager's life. And I would jump in every once in a while to be like, what do you think of her, Chris? It was weird. <laughs> and we'd take them tanning and we'd take them for pizza and to fly a kite. And sometimes they would sneak liquor in the van and I'd have to take it away. It was weird. <laughs> and then, and I was so frustrated that I could never say what I wanted to say. I was always upsetting people all the time. And there was a comedy club next to the Hooters. Right. Um, and I just started doing amateur nights there, but I didn't tell anybody. It's not as though I invited all my friends and started calling myself a comedian. I just did it as an outlet, like as a spin class. <laughs> you know, you just go to Zumba, not to become, you know, a Zumba expert. You just do it for you or for, I don't know. And I just started doing it like that. And then gradually I met friends there and it was the very slow epiphany. I still didn't think it would be a career. I just did it because I wanted to do it. And because I couldn't keep getting in trouble at Hooters. Yeah. <laughs> or on teens dating or anywhere else I went and do you think it worked that because you were this kind of wholesome looking all mm. American well not all American but you know what I mean because uh, you're all Canadian <laughs> but yeah. you know that but, and then saying sort of unexpectedly filthy things was that was that was that what you did originally or unexpectedly you know well yeah. unexpected things no I mean I understood from a really young age that it was kind of endearing to be sweet and innocent and that's always what I wanted to be in high school or wherever I, I wanted to be that really sweet girl so in stand-up just because I was nervous I suppose my first time I I told the, th the jokes that I had written but I did it sweetly and then I realized oh people like that and I knew that people liked when Sarah Silverman for example did that yeah. she doesn't do that anymore I think it's a nervous tick almost she started doing it in the yeah. beginning, and now, I mean, she's mortified. She goes, look it. Look what I was doing. Like, I don't know. Did I say something? I don't know. And that, <laughs> that is kind of just a crutch. Yeah. And I did that, maybe. I think we all emulate someone else's voice a little bit starting out. I don't really think I do it so much now. I hope not. No, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> every once in a while. I mean, but that is in me. That is part of my personality, too, I think. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But it gives you a license to, you know, it's, it's that unexpected thing of something, when the, your act now is something mm. quite, you know, grotesque or quite serious or, you know, will come out and people aren't necessarily expecting that, which is using people's expectations against them, I suppose. Yes. In a, in a positive way. I mean, you're very happy to talk about um, quite difficult subjects, but I think in, not in a shock value way. The, the problem with stuff like, I mean, I think you've done stuff about abortion and mm -hmm. cancer and mm -hmm. and those are those are very difficult subjects to treat a lot of people will come at those from a, just a shock angle and that's it but your stuff is is clever than that thing oh that is, i try to be thank you i think it's um the mark of a amateur comic or someone starting out to do something just for shock value because yeah. it does get a reaction yeah. and then hopefully you learn your way out of it doesn't i i, I, didn't, I didn't learn that <laughs> <laughs> the work, you know it's worked for me though just to carry on I'm doing it. Big vaginas. <laughs> so it still go, it still works for me. It's fine. Yeah. Sm smelly vaginas. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. You were never an amateur comedian. Isn't <laughs> you came out of the womb just being Richard Herring. I did. It's disgusting. Uh, but it's, uh, 
<laughs> but because you, you, you did, ha you had, you've had cancer, so you, I think and that, abortions and abortions. Yeah. So I so loved my abortion. <laughs> that is what the material's about, and I think that I don't recommend that you have one every day. I just think that no matter what happens, yeah. everything can be approached in the right, honest way. And I don't make light of abortion. I mean, you'd have to, I'm not gonna do the material at you, but there are parts of anything, anything I think that people can relate to and that can be funny and you can disarm the like <gasps> stigma off of anything. Yeah. I don't know. Well, I think talking about those subjects, honestly, well, there's a, we, uh, my wife went to see The Obvious Child, which is about a, a, a girl having an abortion, but, ah. but, it's, just, but it's just told in a, in an honest way rather than in, you know, preachy or, you know, oh, and obviously this is bad. There's no, oh, this is a bad thing to do. It's a choice she makes and it's about, it's a sort of romantic comedy about someone having an abortion. Yeah. Uh, and well, mine was uh, really, 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 really early. Yeah. At like the time that it doesn't count, I think. <laughs> <laughs> if you're actually just pinching the penis and stopping the sperm coming out, yeah. that definitely does that definitely Really, really, count. really early. <laughs> Just but, I had to say that because I know somebody like what no really 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 like cutting down a tree because a tree is alive but is it? <laughs> no, I'm not sure that's. I mean, I don't know why your baby's creating a lot of carbon monoxide dioxide and uh, so <laughs> it's only going to fuck up the world, isn't it? That's it. That's what I say. Uh, let's we'll move on uh, to. Uh, well, I was talking about Paul McCartney, but you were saying you were quite into conspiracy theories. Speaking of abortions, because I, I was yeah. <laughs> <laughs> very very late. Because that's an incredible conspiracy theory. But you you were quite because I think most conspiracy there must be one conspiracy theory that is true. Yeah. Uh, but I haven't managed to spot which one it is. But you're quite into conspiracy theories. I am. Which what which ones? And you you like you believe them, or you there are ones you believe. I don't know whether or not I believe all of them. I think for sure there's a line where you can cross over. And you don't want to know too much because if you go off the deep end, you're never coming back. Yep. And you can get lost in conspiracy theories. Um, uh, well, one easy one, Joan Rivers, yep. dearly departed genius of a woman. She died after tweeting uh, a joke at the expense of Beyonce and her family. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, but she died on Beyonce's birthday. Right. Beyonce was 33. Joan Rivers was born in 1933. Joan Rivers was 81. Beyonce was born in 1981. Wow. <laughs> Took a lot of planning, this, uh, <laughs> this murder. Most of my conspiracy theories surround Beyonce. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know. There's one that... Um, is already on the, I mean, they're all on the internet. Yeah. And I don't want to libel anyone. Don't I mean, I don't, don't care. Doesn't matter on this. Yeah. So. For, for special dispensation, we're allowed to say anything we like on it. As far, so far. Uh, so there's a book that I recommend you read. It's called Confessions of a Video Vixen. Okay. It's by this woman, Corrine Steffens. And she, in the 90s, was the video. The one who, she is beautiful. She would appear in all these like rap videos, just dancing. And uh, she claims to have been sleeping with all these famous rappers. She names them as well. Yeah. 
all of these famous rappers um, and her, the wives would call her, ring her up to ask where they were sometimes. Like everyone knew and it was fine. And it is, I think, this seedy underworld of the wives in, in certain circles anyway being just okay with mistresses. Snoop Dogg's wife has said on camera, like, oh, you might get them once, but I get them all the time. Group on, groupie. I'm like, what, you win because you do his laundry? I don't get that. <laughs> um, and so Jay-Z used to be quite the man about town, and Kareen Steffens tells a story about getting into his limousine, being beckoned in, and him saying, if you S my D. Yeah. Can, can you say that? <laughs> you can, <laughs> I reckon you can say okay. it. Okay. Yeah. If you... And then I'll put you forward in the in the music video. So she would do that just for three feet of being closer to the camera. I mean, it wasn't. Yeah, I was going to say. Um, <laughs> and that's what she became known for because she gave such amazing blowjobs. Her name in the industry was Superhead. Okay. And so she sucked him off, of course. And well, got- if she wants to come and sit at the front of here during the recordings. <laughs> fact, if any of if you want to do it, Dave. <laughs> So for years and years and years, there have been women who come out in blogs and in interviews. One wrote a rap song about it just recently that was released about being with Jay-Z while Beyonce was married to him, while Beyonce was pregnant during all these times. And even Beyonce in her music will say uh, uh, to these women, like, you had half of me, but you ain't even half of me. You know, ah, oh, and I believe it annoys me. This is why I can't prove that Beyonce is being cheated on. I don't know anything about Beyonce's life, but she is a big celebrity, and I think it's kind of annoying as a civilian woman that this really clever, powerful, rich woman is just staying silent about something I believe. I mean, one of these mistresses, Kathy White is her name died in her home the day before she was to go to the newspapers and talk about her affair with Jay-Z. She died. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying Jay-Z killed her. <laughs> I'm saying Solange did. No, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I just think that you get to this upper echelon where stuff starts to happen and you don't hear about it and some dirty things happen. I think some of Bill Clinton's interns have also died mysteriously. One of them got shot in the face at a coffee shop. I mean, I don't... You just need to Google these things. Cause <laughs> but people do die. You know, that's the thing. People do. Everywhere. Everyone does die. Like I will. Yeah, but maybe. Under mysterious circumstances. <laughs> maybe now, after this gets out. Okay, but three... Because I know Beyonce listens to this. Uh, she, loves, <laughs> she loves this podcast. <laughs> I just think... I don't know. Oh, and Nicole Kidman's father just recently died in Singapore where he fled after some allegations came out yeah. about an upper echelon of wealthy men doing yeah, bad that things. Yeah, that was made up, though. That one was it, Was up. it? I think so. I think How I do you know? Because um, I read something saying it was, so I believe... <laughs> this is the thing. Because they could never fake that. I just, don't, I just don't think... I, I understand why conspiracy theories exist. Yeah. Because I think so much of what's in the media is outright lie, and so... And I think that there are people who are so rich and so powerful, such a small percentage of people who do and say and own everything, that they could get away with murder or anything else. I think that, that's definitely true. I mean, I'm sure there's, there, there, are, there are things like that. I mean, it's when it gets into, like, my Paul McCartney one. That 
But he the, could. He he, could be, I mean... But why would the others go along with having a bloke pretending to be Paul McCartney in the back? Why, it would just, it, it doesn't make any sense from start to finish. It'd be better if Paul McCartney had died. Then they'd have sold loads more records. Again, oh no, we can't. We're making too much money. So everyone, we're going to have to buy out the police, the person he's crashed into, or the family of the person pretending to be him. Jane Asher is going to have to carry on going out with the double. It's quite, it's quite a lot of, it's quite a lot of, and then it turns out that he was really good at writing songs because he wrote all the... Maybe he continued to write the songs yeah. as a ghostwriter. Maybe he wanted well, to... Well, he's a guy. He was a ghost. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not saying he died. Maybe he was in a relationship and he yeah. wanted to break up with a woman, but she was really one of these stage five clingers and he had to fake his own death. <laughs> I've considered doing that. Yeah. You just don't know. I do. I think I do know. I think... <laughs> The other thing about Paul McCartney is he's still alive and you can look at him and stuff. <laughs> Seems, you know, yeah, Paul, that's not Paul McCartney. Yeah, prob- probably is so. I mean, you know, out of all the things. I'm gonna, I'll ask you an emergency question. This is a new emergency. It's all new emergency questions. You're going to be very upset. Yeah, none of the old ones. Um, there might be a, uh, an odd one. If you had to choose between... Um, being with, um, uh, if you had to choose between these two choices, mm-hmm. would you rather date a man who was a six foot tall penis with a face, <laughs> like Mark Reckless, or a man who instead of having a penis had a tiny man growing out there? <laughs> there you go. So it's either a six foot penis, and that penis could wear like a, a false suit that made him look like he was a human being. And he'd be a really big uh, and he'd just be bald. We'd put like, a little wig on the back to make it look like it's okay. just don't look too close to the top of his. He might wear a hat, uh, <laughs> and uh, he would have a face on on his hmm. penis head. But he'd be a six foot high penis, hmm. or a man who had a just. And then every time he took his turn, his trousers down, the man would go, "Oh, hello, Catherine, it's me, it's me, the tiny man." Presumably, the tiny man would also have a penis, but it'd be a very tiny penis. <laughs> Is the man a different man, or is it another? Is it a clone <laughs> it's a of different. Himself? It's like a different person. Obviously, <laughs> didn't get have to clarify that. It's not a clone of the. It's not like a man is so vain he's had a penis removed. He's penis removed and replaced with a clone version of himself. That would be insane. It's a man who's just instead he's been born like this. It's like I suppose like a sort of conjoined twin of some kind, but the man is tiny. It's like a tiny six-inch high man. Okay. Six to eight inch high man. <laughs> On average. Well, you know I've already dated a six foot penis. <laughs> so I think I would choose the man with the tiny yeah. man. That'd be nice. Yeah. You get, it'd be like polygamy in a way. Yeah. I'd get two boyfriends yeah. and as long as I got along with both of them. Yeah, I don't see the harm in that. It'd be difficult if one of them got jealous of the other. It'd be, hard, it'd be hard to choose one over the other as well, wouldn't it, I suppose? That's, that's no. the new emergency question. The audience don't seem to like it as much as... Uh, it may have a limited lifespan. Um, <laughs> if, in the event of a zombie apocalypse, yep. what tactics would you employ uh, to survive? Oh. oh, I mean, I think I'd kill myself. Would you? But then you'd yeah. become a zombie. Oh, No! If we're, if we're going by uh, living, uh, Walking Dead rules. I really hope that doesn't happen. I've never enjoyed zombie films. No. I, re- I know some people really love them. I can't stand them. It upsets me. It is upsetting the idea of the world turning some into a zombie apocalypse. Some people think those films are really cool. Yeah. 
Do you I don't think anyone some... would sort of, I don't know if anyone's watching and thinking, I hope this comes true one day. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, I'd like to be a zombie. I don't know how many, I hope I'll be a zombie one day or I hope I'm a bloke who's having to run away from zombies yeah. and stab him in the head. I mean, it's, you know, you've got to stab him in the head. It's quite easy. On most of them, they move quite slowly and they're quite stupid. It's just tiresome, I think, more than anything. They work fast in one film. They, they were, but that's not right. That's, that's not, <laughs> that isn't what will happen. When it happens. They'll be slow and stupid and you'll be able to just get them by hitting them in the head with a shoe or whatever. Mm. It's just like, oh, God, yeah. After a while, yeah. I mean, oh, ooh, in London, you'd have no chance. I mean, they'd be on top of you. Just, it's too busy here. If I could get out, I would go somewhere like New Zealand. Okay. I th yeah, and I think if when there's another world war, when. I think New Zealand is where we want to be. I think that'll be the last place to go. New Zealand is my... <laughs> you know, escape route yeah. for anything. Mm -hmm. It's hard to get to, though. And, you know, you have to... Well, I mean, in London... Certainly in a zombie sense. How are you going to get to New Zealand? You'll sit on a flight with the, zom the zombies flying the planes. Well, in London, I wouldn't have chance to employ any plan. We'd no. just all be zombies yeah. immediately. And you don't want to get on a plane in a zombie apocalypse. If there's one zombie on the plane, then everyone... Then you, there's no escape then, is there? So you've got I, to think ahead, Catherine. You've upset me. <laughs> I'll ask uh, an one more emergency question. This one did feature very slightly. They're all new ones. People have, look at how upset the audience are. They're going, they where's my ham hand? It's not gonna, never going to be asked. Never going to find out. I want to know. We're never going to find out. Um, here's a good one. Where'd you get your crazy ideas from? Um. Just interested to know how you... The stuff you say is so crazy. How do you take, what do you do to come up with stuff like that? <laughs> I asked that, I had one question right, to ask Richard Pryor shortly before he died. I was the, gu the, Guardian, the Guardian said you can ask Richard Pryor one question and he would answer it. And I thought it'd be really funny because as a comedian, I thought he would get that I was joking because that's what all comedians get asked. Where do you get your crazy ideas from? Oh. Uh, don't you get asked that all the time and then and then he just said from life <laughs> and uh, from observing things in life and I thought oh and then, he chose and then he to die then he died <laughs> and I'd wasted my one question <laughs> to Richard Pro uh, uh, okay one more chat with this is one more the emergency questions not working these are new emergency questions so I'll go um, what talking of dying what celebrity would you like to stroke your hair as you die <laughs> If you could choose one celebrity just to eat. as you're dying, they're just going and they're going, it's all right, it's going to be all right. Is there so any celebrity creepy. you'd like to? It is a little bit, well, all comforting. Who would comfort you in that situation, do you think? Um, <laughs> oh, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. These are very creepy emergency questions. <laughs> a celebrity yeah. to stroke my hair while I die. Well, I don't like being stroked. I would hate that. Yeah. You know when you're ill and somebody wants to come near you and hold your hair and I just, yeah. get away from me. Um, I wouldn't come out of my room to have my daughter. I didn't want anybody touching me then. I'm like a cat. <laughs> <laughs> I, my cat doesn't like me. The only thing my cat likes, uh, both of my cats actually, are like being kicked in the face. <laughs> That's the only affection they would take. And you might say, how did you discover this, Rich? <laughs> But my cat will attack my feet until I fight it with my... And, and then actually pin it down into a corner with my foot. Wow. And then it'll go... Mm, and then it purrs. Like, but if you try to stroke it with your hand, it'll just run away. 
but if you can kick it, we hit it. <laughs> Loves it. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, I didn't see your show in Edinburgh uh, this year because I think we may have clashed. My wife saw it and she said yeah. that uh, you have a young daughter, five-year-old daughter. Yes. And uh, you're employing her as your support act, or you yes. were in Edinburgh. I was. Yeah, she's... She's around sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes she's not around, so she doesn't do comedy with me all the time. But if it's appropriate, I mean, there's a charity gig at Union Chapel for yeah. a kid's farm. She did a little set there. I mean, she just wants to be a part of everything. So I'm certainly not a pushy stage mom no. making her do it. If anything, I think bringing her around comedy, um, she'll grow up and do something useful. She'll be an orthopedic <laughs> surgeon or something instead. But when she's there lately, I just, I think I don't know there's no right or wrong, well there's a wrong way to parent but I think <laughs> I, I, when I'm when she asks me to do things I'm hesitant to ever say no unless I have a really good reason yeah. so when she comes on tour or in Edinburgh my show was 6.45 she was still awake yeah. she wanted to come and she wanted to first do the sound check and then she'd say well can I tell a joke I'd say well I guess you can tell a joke and then you leave and she started to do that, not every single night, but I think it gave people a kind of a, in an Edinburgh show sense, yeah. a snapshot of my life, is this is a person who follows me around absolutely all the time, <laughs> all day, every day, without yeah. reprieve. Does she, does she write her own material, or is it, uh, uh, what's, she does. where does she get her crazy ideas from? <laughs> From Richard Pryor. Really? <laughs> um, from his life. No, she has one. What are two things you never eat for breakfast? Don't know. Lunch and dinner. That's kind of a grown. That's good. Yeah, no, it's good. She's five. And then she has a story that I don't know where she got it from. I, I don't want to disparage her material in case she watches this yeah. one day. But it's about shopping for milk and bread and coming home with a cat. But yeah, my dad. wife mentioned uh, this, this routine. Yeah. She said it was very good, though. I didn't like it. I, it sounded <laughs> it sounded to me from my, the, from my wife's report that my wife would have just liked it if your daughter had stayed on the whole time. Aww. Yeah, so you've worked uh, in uh, sitcoms uh, with both Matt LeBlanc and Matthew Crosby. Yeah. Who was the bigger idiot out of Matthew? <laughs> Matt Le, who was the bigger diva out of Matt LeBlanc and Matthew Crosby from Pappy's? Mm -hmm. uh, people don't seem aware of him so much. <laughs> Joey from Friends and Matt, Matt Crosby. <laughs> Were they well, similar at all to work with? I didn't have many interactions with Matt LeBlanc. No, I, I saw say him. Matt Crosby because you know, he's... No, oh, he, he's coming up. <laughs> um, no, Matt LeBlanc, I saw him... And we were on set a little bit, but we didn't really speak. Yeah. Um, I thought maybe that he might be a lad about town. I don't know what you want to call it. Not a womanizer. You're not doing anything wrong if you haven't got a wife. Mm -hmm. I thought maybe that he would flirt with some of the girls. But no, he seemed, I don't know. I mean, I do know, but I can't really say. And then, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and then Matthew Crosby is so cool, and the Pappy's boys, yeah. Tom and Ben and Matthew, are making a concerted effort to hang around really good men. And that's what these boys are, they're really good, good men. You know, I think it's important, even for my daughter, to see that, and for, what well, I mean, for me. Just to, to not have sex with, but to just be in the company of. Yeah, you don't want to have sex with Matthew Crosby. <laughs> well, you know not. what I mean, I think it's an exercise. 
And then you know what a good man is, and then you can have sex with one. Yeah, not Matthew Crosby, though. I will have sex None with Matthew Crosby right now. Where is he? <laughs> no, I can't. No. But, I mean, the, no, they're funny, and they're generous, and they're cool to work with, and they're really kind, and they're like this really neat package. Mm. They work so well together. That's disappointing. I thought you'd slag Matthew Crosby off. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I should do this. This is this is a thing I've I've done with a lot of guests recently. There is a thing. Have you seen this website? I was nervous about going to this website for you. I have to say, I thought this. There's a, a website called Dirty Britcom Confessions, and they do have an international section, so you are included uh, on this. People uh, have tweeted it to me. Have they? Yeah. So people will go up and put their sexual fantasies about. There is uh, to give you an example. Here are some new ones about me, but I think people just go now because they know I'll read them out. So they, <laughs> they go and put uh, quite amusing things about me. Uh, the, the most recent one is, I always assumed Rich Herring was in his 50s. <laughs> but now I know he's in his 30s, I'm interested. I'm 47. Uh, I was... <laughs> the kind of weird thing, you go, I'll judge someone by how, not how old they look, but how old they are. If he was in his 50s, I would not fancy him. Oh, he's in his 30s. Okay. I'll still fancy the raddled old man. Uh, uh, someone else said, I would like to put lipstick on Richard Herring while he's asleep. Okay. Uh, someone said, I want Richard Herring to eat my ass like he eats rice and beans. <laughs> With a fork? I don't know. It's not very often. Because... <laughs> <laughs> so I thought yours would be I genuinely thought oh god I don't even want to look at the ones for Catherine Ryan because they'll be Uh-oh. but they're actually they weren't that, they weren't that there aren't as many as I expected Aww. I think uh, thank you for expecting many that was, and they aren't as appalling and, and sexist as I expected them to be hmm. but a couple of them were quite interesting uh, lesbian fantasies okay. uh, but the, the uh, one was uh, I want to get a giant squidgy cake with ooey cream jam and sponge and watch Red Hot Temptress, Catherine Ryan, slowly ease her naked, tight ass cheeks onto it. Would you be prepared to... To me, that's it's probably going to spoil the cake a bit. I mean, that's... It's, no offence, but once... Wow. However clean your ass is, yeah. once your ass has been eased onto that cake, that cake... I'm not, I, that's not a cake. I'm not that interested in eating anymore. It's been like that. Some people yeah. like to see things ruined. <laughs> and nothing shocks me anymore because they will tweet things right at me that they're not putting on this website. Right. One man tweeted me a photo of himself shitting on his bedroom floor. <laughs> yeah. And then as as an opening gambit or was there was there any was there a tweet going would you be interested in pictures of bedrooms at all you know just a no, no, it was just in. that, and then it said, please retweet this and humiliate me. See, I get a lot of the ones oh, okay. who want, they think I'm a dominatrix for yeah. some reason, which I'm completely the opposite. Okay. I mean, I'm really nice, but no, they, yeah, there was that. Yeah. And other things, like feet are a popular one. I right. purposely don't wear strappy sandals and things because people keep asking me to. <laughs> and I think these are not the kind of people that I... Need no. in my life. That is, uh, that is, uh, well, because I, I was tweeting about um, the Conservative MP's penis, uh-huh. uh, as you do the other yeah. day, and, uh, and then someone tweeted me a picture of their own penis, uh, their own erect penis. You know what else? As if that, because I've been discussing someone doing that, oh, I'm up, yeah, sure, I'm up for that. Send, 
Oh yeah, welcome yeah. to the jungle. Yeah. They will do that. Do you know what else they'll do? They'll go, oh, uh, I saw you this video of you at Radio One with a link, and it'll be just a six-second video, a Vine of them arriving onto themselves. <laughs> And so they tri- and that's what annoys me. They trick you to watch it. Because yeah. you go, oh, there's a video. Why was that? And then you're like, oh, no, that's you jerking off. <laughs> but that, that feels a bit like a flasher. But that, yeah, but that's... I mean, I know you saw... I just blocked that guy. And he somebody tweeted me before. Maybe he was thought we were friends enough Yeah. now for me to see his penis. But it's... That's basically, you know, that's, you should go to the police about people who do that. <sighs> Why? I mean, it just... Yeah, maybe. What are they going to do? They don't care. <laughs> it's kind of weird that people feel that 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 Twitter is is beyond the, beyond <laughs> the realms of reality. Oh, it's fine. I'll, show, I'll send a picture of someone as I'm wanking off to someone. Like, I've had worse. Yeah, well, worse than what I just said. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sorry to hear that, and I apologise on behalf of all disgusting men. <laughs> <laughs> but I genuinely don't care. This is the thing with trolls and things because I don't know if it's why but because I endured so much bullying and abuse when I was younger I just like I, I, I really young went well, I don't really care what you think and you get up tomorrow and you're the same person I genuinely don't care I want people to have a nice time and I want to make people laugh and I want of course I don't want anyone to waste their evening I think it is a big deal to be invited into someone's home if you do a panel show or if you do whatever so in a way they're entitled to dislike you and I think it's weird that they want to tell you how much they yeah. do but it, it really truthfully does not hurt my feelings you no. can tweet me all the hate you want people say they're going to kill me people say where and how they're going to kill me people say I really don't care I don't <laughs> care I don't care if you feel like you want to get some hate out in the world perhaps it's for someone else who's not me just send it to me I will absorb that hate I will do that for you I'm a bit like Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care. It is. I mean, it's odd, but it's because people... Uh, I mean, certainly the things that are people telling you they don't think you're funny, which obviously all comedians don't will care. get. But it's sort of odd because it's like going, well, you think that... You, it, ma- it matters in your world what you think, but it doesn't matter to anyone else no. what the opinion of every single... It's like, oh, sorry to let you know, but I don't think you're funny. You go, okay. Yeah. There's a million people, or to 60 million people in the country, as long as like a thousand of them like me, it's okay. Well, it's the thing, like, <laughs> what kind of person would I be if I expected everyone to like yeah. me? I learned that really early. Yeah. And you know, there are people in the, in the school run who talk badly about each other. These mums, a lot of them only eat on weekends. By Friday, they're ratty. <laughs> and if you're a comedian, you're kind of lucky in a way, because you find out just right away what people think of you. You don't walk around like, oh, sh- I don't think Sharon likes me very much in the office. It's like, ah, hey. <laughs> um, cool. Well, I think we might have to, let me just, yes, oh dear, it's time has flown by. I'm pretty uh, chatty. Sorry. You're very chatty. That's a, that's a, that's a good, good thing. Do you think that uh, MP should have been uh, sacked for, or should have resigned for showing his penis to someone he thought was asking to see his penis? They all show their penis. <laughs> there was that famous, the one in America, Anthony Weiner. Yes. He was married and he got caught on three occasions showing his penis at Snapchat. Yeah. JFK and Clinton. I mean, I think Bill JFK Clinton, never Snapchatted his uh, penis. <laughs> I think Bill Clinton was a good president as far as American presidents go. And like, you know, 
having affairs and doing these things. Those are some of the least offensive things he ever, I mean, yeah. I don't know. I think one shouldn't do that, but I think it's a different ball game to running an office or running a, you know, whatever. Well, if someone, you know, if, if MPs were just sending the pictures of their penises randomly to constituents, <laughs> I think that would probably be wrong. But uh, to be honest, I'd quite like, I've, elect, I've elected these people. I would, if I want to see their penis, I think they should have to show it. <laughs> and then I can make a judgment from their penises. Yeah, I mean... It's or, like, or vaginas. Or vagina. thank you. Or, or breasts, whatever they want to show me. I've always said that people, increasingly, people have sex pictures now. Yeah. And I think that we should reclaim the power from these hackers and we should release our own sex pictures, do it like an ice bucket challenge. <laughs> I think that's not a bad plan. Just yeah. be like, I would like to thank Richard <laughs> and that creepy guy from work for nominating me. <laughs> you nominate someone else. I mean, it's not the end of the world. No. But it's a case-by-case -case basis. This MP thing just happened, so I don't know all the details. Well, you know, someone pretend Just like he was, it's flirty fish. Isn't it? It's like the Christians used to do this. They used to send girls out to trick people into becoming Christians in a slightly different way. But it's like, if you, if you kind of tweet enough blokes and set from a picture of a pretty girl, some of them are going to go, all right, yeah. That's some lonely middle-aged man is going to go who looks like a penis already. He's a very un unattractive yeah. man. Well, so if a beautiful woman, I mean, really, should have looked at her and gone, he should have looked at her feed and where she's going, oh, I went to see an MP at question time. What a legend. And look at the 20-year-old girl go, that is not a real person. <laughs> and you should go, that's not a real person who's trying to have sex with me. But if you, if you, you know, are overcome by midlife crisis, as I was luckily before I met my wife. Yes, good. Uh, then, you know, that might be the kind of thing that... It's easy to do, yeah. to entrap someone, I think. It's very easy to entrap. Especially if they don't know. How old is this man? I think he's, uh, I mean, he's bald, isn't he? <laughs> God, that, see, I, see, I don't know offence to the bald guys, but, um, you know, I see a bald guy and I think, you know, they're 60 years old. Because <laughs> they, they've got to be like, older than me, right? Because I've got loads of hair. So, that must, there's going to be a point when I'm as old as you, that, definitely as old as you, that I'm going to... But then you go, and then they go, oh, I'm 37. I go, oh, no. Because I also think that I'm 25. Yeah. That's the problem. I may have just treated myself. I may have done that one way myself. Anyway, look, never mind. We will, uh, we will have to, unfortunately, draw things to a close. But it's been lovely to talk to you. Thanks for coming on. Please give a massive round of applause to Catherine Ryan, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you. You have been listening to Richard Herring's That's the Square Theatre Podcast with me, Richard Herring, and my guest, Catherine Ryan. The music was by Pest and still is by Pest. You're listening to it now. It is not in the past. Thanks to Orange Mark at the British Comedy Guide. Uh, thanks to Ian Tunes at iTunes. That's a lot of good work for us. Thanks to all the staff at the Leicester Square Theatre Podcast. Yeah, the place it is filmed, which is the Leicester Square Theatre. And Chris Evans, not that one, or the other one, and all of his crazy team of Welsh misfits from Go Faster Strike. Uh, this was produced by Ben Walker. It's a fuzzgofasterstrike.com and Sky Potato production for the internet. I hope you enjoyed it. That was uh, show one. That was all right, wasn't it? Given I was quite ill during that. That you know you couldn't tell, could you? During it, I don't know if you could because I'm recording this beforehand. Uh, if you've enjoyed this, please tell your friends about it. You can, as I say, you can watch it on video at iTunes, 
Richard Herring Video Leicester Square Theatre Podcast. Search for that or search on Vimeo or... or um, What's the other one? YouTube, you can go to. That's well. I told you I was ill. Uh, I know, that's a kind of... That's a uh, thing you put on a gravestone, isn't it? Uh, so anyway, yes, go and uh, if you want to help us uh, pay for more of these and be able to do this ever again, please go to gofasterstripe.com slash badges. Uh, give us a one-off donation or uh, a monthly donation, ideally. If you do a monthly donation, you get all kinds of brilliant extras like uh, behind-the-scenes questions. You get prizes uh, that you can enter a draw for every month. It's really good. Uh, you get advance warning of who's coming on as well, so you can buy tickets when it's going to be someone who sells out. Uh, or you can uh, come and see me on tour i'm doing my new show um what's it called lord of the dance settee uh which is all around the country from october to may go to richardherring.com for details of that i'm in belfast on sunday if this is out in time if not i was in belfast on sunday anyway uh we'll be back next week with mark gatis so beat that you can't thanks bye